What's up, Dolphin fans? Welcome to the same old Dolphin show. It's the inaugural episode of the program. I'm Josh Katzker. With me here is my brother, Aaron. Aaron, how's it going? It's going great. We've got football back, and I'm very excited. Yeah, it's it's an exciting time for us to debut the same old Dolphin show. Um, we used to have a different format. We used to have a different podcast altogether, but we decided, you know what? What, what our real love here is, is the Miami Dolphins. We, we, we spend an exorbitant amount of time talking specifically about the Dolphins on this other podcast that was more of a, a general sports thing. So we said, I think it's time for us to do a podcast that is focused specifically on the Miami football Dolphins. And so that's what we're going to do. And that's what we've done. And we've got the same old dolphin show brain it's called the same old dolphin show for, for those of you who don't know this is uh my brother aaron we call him the brain that's just sort of his his nickname because he knows everything that and he's a big fan of 80s wwf wrestling uh a big fan of bobby the brain heenan but uh brain why did we decide to call this show the same old dolphin show Well, it's pretty simple. Basically, if you are anything like us, you've been a lifelong Dolphin fan. And over the last, I'd say, 15 years or so, maybe even longer, I mean, really since probably the second half of Dan Marino's career, it's been one long stretch of same old Dolphins. So what that basically is, is let's say you're watching a Dolphins game. And you've got the defense playing a hell of a game, but the offense sputtering and the defense is keeping it close. Fourth quarter comes around, maybe about six minutes left. Offense drives down the field, gets a go-ahead score. Defense promptly allows the other team to drive all the way down the field for the game-winning score. Dolphins lose, same old Dolphins. Or let's say it's uh, getting to be late in the season, down to the last four, four or five games of the season. The Dolphins need to win one game somewhere to clinch a playoff spot. They've got three of their last four games at home. They drop all of them and miss the playoffs. Same old Dolphins. So if you're longtime Dolphin fans like us, you've been long-suffering. You've dealt with it. You've watched this team uh, take you through the ups and the downs, mostly the downs in recent years. Um, and so you, there's a great deal of frustration behind everything with the Dolphins. And uh, that's sort of where we're, we're coming from with the name of the show. And our hope is that as we follow these Dolphins, we'll continue to ask whether or not these are the same old Dolphins. And really the way to start that conversation as we move into the 2017 season, before we get into the big news of the day, we're recording this on Thursday, August 2nd, um, and there is some pretty significant news going on today. But before we get into that, we need to talk, look back at last year's team. I think you could safely say that last year's Miami Dolphins were not the same old Dolphins. Last year was a very weird season. Uh, we started the year... The first five games of the year, you could definitively make an argument that the Dolphins were the worst team in football. I mean, we were one in four. Uh, A few of those games, we were blown out. Uh, The Cincinnati game, the Tennessee game, those were games 
that really weren't even very close. The Tennessee game, the score was closer than the actual game was. And our only win was a home game against the Browns in which we needed to go to overtime and we needed the Browns to miss three or four field goals for us to even pull the victory out. So we very easily could have been 0-5. The Dolphins looked like the worst team in football. And then out of nowhere, the Dolphins end up winning nine of their last 11 games. Somehow in that stretch, actually pulling an anti-same-old-Dolphins routine where they were pulling victory out of the jaws of defeat, and they found themselves in the playoffs. Now, lo and behold, they would get to the playoffs, they would get waxed by the Steelers, and what last year seems very reminiscent of is kind of where the Dolphins were back in 2008, which, if you remember, that was Tony Sperano's first year as the head coach, uh, you had an, a whole new regime in with with Sperano and Parcells and Ireland, the the triumvirate, and they started that year off slow, and then they got hot and they rode a wave into the playoffs, and then lo and behold, they ran into you know a real contender in Baltimore, and they kind of got their their doors blown in, and you came out of that year thinking, all right, I mean. Th- We got our butts kicked in the playoffs, but we made the playoffs. This is a hell of a foundation on which to build. And you kind of know what happened from there. They turned out to be the same old Dolphins. It was eight and eight, eight and eight, six and ten. You know, the Dolphins are they they threw a one and fifteen in there, and they've been pretty much mediocre or below ever since until last season. And so now it's got us wondering, is last year just another example of 2008, an outlier where the Dolphins were really a mediocre team that happened to luck into the playoffs and they're going to take a step back and they're going to be the same old Dolphins? Or was that a legitimate step towards the Dolphins being a really good team that can be a contender for years to come? Well, that, that is certainly the question as we come into the 2017 season. Um, and so we had this whole plan, Brain, to have this big breakdown of, of what to expect from Dolphins training camp and, and who has come in and who has gone out. Um, but I feel like as we sit here and record this on Wednesday afternoon, August the 3rd, I feel like all of those questions are somewhat unimportant at the moment because in in light of the big news that broke this morning was that Ryan Tannehill exited the practice field at training camp with what appeared to be a non-contact injury to the left knee that he had a partial tear of the ACL in uh, at the end of last season. And as of the time that we are recording it right now, news has not yet broken as to the severity of the injury. Um, looking at the video of the incident, it certainly doesn't look good. Uh, it certainly looks like, 
you know, he he tweaked that knee pretty badly and he goes down like a heap of potatoes, which is traditionally how somebody goes down if they if they blow out their ACL. But, you know, we, we don't want to speculate. But the fact of the matter is any conversation about Dolphins training camp and what is to come this season, I mean, it hinges entirely on what happens to Ryan Tannehill. Because if Ryan Tannehill goes down, currently, the next option is Matt Moore. And as we saw at the at the tail end of last season and in the playoff game against Pittsburgh, I'm not sure how confident I would be in Matt Moore as the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Now there's a lot of a lot of rumors flying around already today. A lot of people talking about, oh well, maybe Adam Gase could talk Jay Cutler out of retirement. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are apparently dragging their feet on signing Colin Kaepernick to a deal, maybe because maybe their owner has something against his political views and and they feel like that might be too much of a a hassle to bring in Kaepernick to Baltimore. So he's still out there and he's a guy that I'm seeing a lot of Miami Dolphin fans talking about. Bring him in. We don't care about his political views. Bring him in. We want him on the team. He's the kind of guy that would fit nicely in this offense. Um, A lot going on out there. Brain, without really knowing what the status of Tannehill is at the moment, Talk to me a little bit about uh, how you feel about this. Well, for starters, yeah, it's definitely the headline news. And if Ryan Tannehill's injury ends up being significant, if he ends up missing any significant amount of time, the Dolphins certainly need to bring in a veteran quarterback. And of the guys that are available, Kaepernick, really seems to be the best option. But I want to go back to kind of what you just said about, you know, it makes everything else seem insignificant. I disagree. I think it makes everything else that much more important because, look, first off, I'm not one of these guys that believes that there is this huge gulf between Ryan Tannehill and Matt Moore. I'll I'll admit, that Matt Moore is not as good as Ryan Tannehill, doesn't have the ceiling of a Ryan Tannehill. But Matt Moore can win you football games because he is a quality game manager. And let's not pretend that Ryan Tannehill has been some elite quarterback in this league. Ryan Tannehill had a very nice stretch in this, uh, over the course of about seven or eight games last year. And it was arguably his best stretch of his career. And it's not like he was setting the world on fire. He had a couple of really this good was, games. It was easily his best season as a Dolphin. Easily. Well, that's arguable because a couple of years ago, he had a nice season. Um, The thing is, is that the season that he had last year was very similar to the year he had a couple of years ago. The difference is a couple of years ago, he didn't get hurt. And when he had a chance to get the Dolphins into the playoffs, he sucked the last three games of the season. This year or this past year, he got hurt. And Matt Moore came in and got them to the playoffs. Now, that's not to say that Ryan Tehanahill would have sucked the last three games of the year. He he definitely showed signs of improving. He showed signs of being 
a steadying force, a steady quarterback that you can rely on, a rock-solid guy. And he even had a couple of games where he kind of took the team on his back, which was something that we didn't think that Ryan Tannehill could do. So, yes, you can make the argument that it was his best year as a pro. But that said, I mean, we're talking about 19 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. We're talking about a team that largely began to thrive offensively when the offensive line came together and Jay Ajayi started getting a brunt of the carries, and this became a run-first offense. So it wasn't as if Ryan Tannehill was the reason why the Dolphins made the playoffs. He certainly had a good season. But if this Dolphins team is going to make the playoffs again this year, do they need good quarterback play? Yes. Would it help to have a healthy Ryan Tannehill? Yes. But really... What's going to get this team to the playoffs again and what's going to get this team to the level where we can say that this is a contending team in the AFC is getting that same production out of the running game and getting a much, much, much better product on the defensive side of the field. Yeah, I, I mean that that's certainly true. I just I would I would argue that I don't feel confident that that Matt Moore is going to be able to play simply within himself and keep the Dolphins from, you know, I, I I don't know that he would be able to keep himself from making those kind of monumental errors that Ryan Tannehill has slowly sort of weaned himself away from making those kinds of mistakes. Um, but, but where are these monumental errors? Because from what I saw is I saw a Matt Moore that, that managed the game that made a couple of big throws when he needed to, that really doesn't make the big mistake. He might not have the ceiling of a Ryan Tannehill. He might not have Ryan Tannehill's arm, but... He look, certainly, they, he looked he looked terrible in that game against Pittsburgh. I mean, he made a couple of mistakes, but at the end of the day, he wasn't the reason why we, why we lost that game. No, well, I mean, he was... He was awful in a lot of uh, a lot of ways in that one, but uh, regardless, I think brain. We I want to move off of this conversation here because we still have a lot to cover. Because you did say you wanted to talk a little bit about what went out and what came into the Dolphins um, here on this episode, and we'll probably have a lot more time to talk about the quarterback situation once we have a little bit more definitive information. Um, about him, and as we record, if, the, if that news should break while we're recording here, we'll we'll surely mention something. But let's take us through the sort of this off season for the Miami Dolphins. Who significant losses, significant pickups? Talk to me. So I guess the the big losses. Uh, number one, they they traded away Brandon Albert, and this was a really weird deal. Uh, they kind of they traded Brandon Albert technically for a seventh round pick, and then they gave up a pick, I believe it was a sixth rounder, for Julius Thomas, but they were two separate deals, both with Jacksonville. Um and that wasn't a huge shock that we that we traded away Brandon Albert. Everybody knows last year we drafted Laramie Tunsil. 
Tunsil played the season at guard, filled in at tackle at times when Brandon Albert was hurt. But the plan all along, look, you don't draft that guy number one over, well, not number one overall, but you don't use that high a pick in the first round on a guard. Uh, The idea was eventually he is going to replace Brandon Albert as the left tackle, as the the blindside protection for Ryan Tannehill or whoever the Dolphins quarterback may be. And so that was the plan. And uh, all the word is that that Tunsil is ready to take on that responsibility. So uh, you hope that they don't lose anything there in quality at the tackle position. What it does do, what it does do though, is it opened up a hole now at at guard, uh, where last year the Dolphins, you know, they they were okay at guard. They shuffled in some some players there. It took them a while to kind of figure out the right mix, uh, but you know they were kind of underwhelming. Uh, you know, in spite of the fact that the offensive line as a whole was the best it's been in a long time. If there was one real question mark about that offensive line, aside from the the health of Mike Pouncey, it would be the guard play. Uh, they still have uh, Bushrod at, at one side. At, he's going to play the right guard. It looks like they've got a little bit of a battle at the left guard spot. So that's something that we got to keep an eye on. But the early word out of camp is they're they're pretty happy with that, and it looks like Ted Larson is the the front runner uh, to to start at left guard. But they've got some depth there: Craig Urbic, Anthony Steen, both guys that filled in at center at times last year for the team. Uh, they are in the mix there at guard, and so. If one guy underperforms or one guy should go down with injury, they do have some depth there. Um, other than that, uh, on the offensive side, it's it's basically more of the same, assuming that Ryan Tannehill is healthy. Uh, the big news this offseason was them re-signing Kenny Stills, a contract that, you know, maybe they kind of overpaid a little bit. Uh, especially considering that, you know, Kenny Stills is really going to be probably the fourth target on this team. So they're paying him a lot of money to be a guy that, you know, set a career high in touchdowns last year, but it seems like an unsustainable amount of touchdowns. And they kind of paid for last year's production. And it doesn't seem like that's sustainable going forward. Uh, but at the same note, he's definitely a piece that if the Dolphins were to lose him, they would take a step back offensively. So by keeping him there, uh, the hope is, is that the offense can keep on, you know, progressing in the same way that it progressed over the second half of last season on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, this was where we probably see the most shakeup. They, They've desperately, for the past couple of years, needed to upgrade their their linebackers, and I feel like they've done that this year. I think they still have some questions with depth, but they go in and they they add Lawrence Timmons, longtime Pittsburgh Steeler. Now he's coming off of 
what many in Pittsburgh called a down year. And so it kind of remains to be seen what he'll do in a Dolphins uniform. But based on what we have here, I think he's an upgrade. And then the Dolphins also used their second round pick on Raekwon McMillan. And it appears that McMillan is either going to start at strong side linebacker or at middle linebacker. And I think the early word out of camp is that he's going to start at middle linebacker and everybody is very excited about him. And if you ended up with a starting middle linebacker with your second round pick, and then you bring in a Lawrence Timmons, even if he's not great, if he's just solid, you move Kiko Alonso back over to the weak side where he's better. And he, Kiko Alonso had a really good year playing mostly middle linebacker for the Dolphins, which was really mostly out of position for him. I think you're going to see better linebacker play from the Dolphins. They, they still have their question marks with depth at the position and losing Koamisi for the year uh, and, and possibly for his career was, was a tough blow. Um, so we'll see what happens and hopefully they can avoid any other major injuries. The other thing that they were able to do this offseason was upgrade their secondary. Uh, they use a third round pick on Cordray Tank- Tankersley. Now, the early word out of camp is he's been kind of up and down. We're not really sure the role that he's going to have, but you also have, you know, Xavier Howard who had a very strong rookie year and word is that he is progressing. Uh, they go and they, they pick up Alteron Werner, uh, a guy who I believe is 28 years old and is only a couple years removed from a pro bowl. Now the question with him, is this a move that's closer to, you know, Brent Grimes, when we picked up Brent Grimes a couple of years ago and he played at a Pro Bowl level for us? Or is this a move closer to, uh, what was the guy's name that we picked up from, from Tennessee uh, a couple of years ago? Shoot, his name is escaping from me. Tennessee. Uh... The, you know, the he was a Pro Bowler for, for Tennessee for a couple of years and then he came over to us after a couple of down years and he was... He's kind of shot, and I don't even think he's in the league anymore. Hmm. But anyway, that's that's kind of the dilemma with with Werner is was this a signing that uh, is this a guy that's going to help or is this a guy that's just kind of you know he was a flash in the pan and now he's done? But Dolphins have really struggled over the past few years with their nickel and dime corner and seen a lot of Bobby McCain. And a lot of Bobby McCain getting roasted by by other teams. And so Werner has already seemingly supplanted him as the nickel corner. McCain's dealing with some injuries so far in camp. But look, any any sort of upgrade there is big. And then they also signed TJ McDonald. McDonald has a suspension looming. But uh, when he comes back, you're talking about a starting caliber safety. You're getting Rashad Jones back, who missed the majority of the year. Really, he got hurt in the game that kind of turned the season around last year, the victory over Pittsburgh. Rashad Jones, arguably the best defensive player on this team, you know, right there with with Cam Wake and with Ndamukong Sue. So 
they they've definitely added more depth to to the secondary. The secondary looks strong is probably the the area of least concern on the defense. What a remarkable thing to hear about the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, especially, you know, a a pass defense that really struggled at the end of the year. A defense as a whole that was really awful at the end of the year, which is kind of amazing. You know, this team snuck into the playoffs playing so well, and the defense was was really horrific the last month of the season. It was very bad. So I think, I mean, there was also a defense that was kind of ravaged with injuries. Uh, obviously, Rashad Jones was hurt. Nisi was hurt, and we talked about how they lacked depth uh, at that position at linebacker. Uh, Byron Maxwell was hurt the last half of the year. Yeah, well, it's uh, always it's always a story when you're talking about you know the NFL. Injuries are always going to be an issue, and if it's really about the teams that get lucky and stay healthy, or, or the teams that have enough depth to overcome it. But even in you know at this level, it. You know, to have that kind of depth, really nobody can recover from having the kind of injury problems that the Dolphins had last year. So it is kind of remarkable that they made the playoffs and that they were not, in fact, the same old Dolphins. So things are definitely looking up coming into this season. And I think there is definitely reason to be excited if you're a Miami Dolphins fan. But then it again comes back to today's news that Ryan Tannehill left practice early, and who knows what his condition is going to be uh, going forward. Is he going to miss uh, a few weeks? Is he going to miss significant time? Is he going to be out for the year? That is all as of this recording. Uh, It's all still up in the air. I mean, as I said on Twitter, and you should be following us on Twitter, at SameOldDolphins. That's Same, O-L-D, Dolphins. Uh, on Twitter, I, I said this afternoon, you know, if this is going to happen, if if Tannehill is going to go down and he's going to be out for the season, this is probably the best time for it to happen. You've got all of the preseason, four preseason games. If, you, if it's going to be Matt Moore, the guy that you're going to go with, then he's got time to be incorporated to be the number one quarterback. If you want to bring somebody in, you want to bring in a Kaepernick, you want to bring in uh, a Jay Cutler, there's time to get them incorporated. I mean, Jay Cutler has the advantage of already knowing uh, Gase's system as it is, but you know, as a, on a, from a timing perspective, it could be worse. You know, uh, you know, our, our instinct and our reflex as a Dolphin fan is to immediately go all doom and gloom. But let's try to put a silver lining on it. Yeah, it's a big blow to lose Tannehill, but there is a way to turn it around. There's there's a way to incorporate somebody else as the starting quarterback for this team. So let's uh, let's hold our collective breath and see what happens here. Yeah, and like I said, look, the, no matter what happens with Ryan Tannehill, look, and Matt Moore can come in and he can do a serviceable job at quarterback. But what's going to determine whether this team takes a step forward is whether or not that defense takes a huge step forward. Uh, that, to me, is the biggest question mark 
on the team is, I mean, this was a defense that was arguably the worst defense in the NFL for the last month of the season last year. And it was below average for the majority of the season. And that's not going to cut it this year, especially if they have a problem at quarterback. But if that defense takes a step forward, if the offensive line uh, doesn't take a step back, if Laramie Tunsil shines as a left tackle, if Jay Ajayi uh, continues to to really take the reins of that running game and is an elite running back in this league, then we're not asking our quarterback to to win us very many games. We're just asking our quarterback to not make the big mistake, to make a couple of throws a game uh, when it's necessary. And that's the formula that worked for the Dolphins last year. And there's no reason that that can't be the formula for the Dolphins this year, even if Ryan Tannehill is gone. And But what I do want to talk about is what if Ryan Tannehill is gone and the Dolphins sign somebody? Because we're going to sign somebody. Uh, if, if Ryan Tannehill gets hurt, if, if, if he's only going to miss a game or two, um, then we may just ride with the backups that we have on the roster, uh, which are Brandon Dowdy and, and David fails behind Matt Moore. David fails. What an amazing name for a Miami <laughs> Dolphins quarterback. That's, that's true. That's true. Um, but if, if, Tannehill is going to miss significant time. Let's talk about these options. Let's talk about uh, Colin Kaepernick because uh, there's a very real possibility. He's already been linked uh, as per a report from ESPN. The Dolphins, as soon as Ryan Tannehill uh, showed signs of an injury, the Dolphins already within their front office mentioned the name of Colin Kaepernick. And it's worth noting that Prior to Adam Gase getting the job as the Dolphins head coach, he interviewed to be the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. And so as part of that interview, Adam Gase already had a game plan with Colin Kaepernick as his starting quarterback. So while he's never coached Colin Kaepernick, he is familiar with Colin Kaepernick's skill set. And he obviously has some idea of how to make it work. And it this Colin Kaepernick thing is really strange, you know, for lack of a better word. I understand, you know, you don't want your quarterback to be a distraction. And the... And the less, the, as, as the quality and play goes down, the importance of whether or not that player is a distraction or not goes up. But Colin Kaepernick, granted San Francisco was awful last year. A lot of that was not Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick had a fine season last year. Look, he's not an elite quarterback either. But I would say Colin Kaepernick is very comparable to Ryan Tannehill. They're very athletic quarterbacks. They have strong arms. Their accuracy can be described as a little bit erratic. And the mental aspect of the game can be described as a little bit erratic. But by and large, they've been 
decent quarterbacks in the NFL. So to me, it's a little strange when you think of the majority of teams carry at least, well, pretty much everybody carries at least three quarterbacks in training camp. The majority of these teams carry four quarterbacks in training camp. So that's 32 teams. We're talking about roughly 120 quarterbacks that have jobs right now, at least in training camp. And Colin Kaepernick can't get signed. And this is a guy that has been, at the very least, a decent starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I I think there's a couple of things. One is that this is he's also demanding a little bit of a price tag. Um, not a huge price tag, but a little bit of one. And, and that's an issue when you consider the second thing is, is and whether it should be an issue or not is beside the point because it, it, it evidently is, is, is his politics. And, you know, whether you believe that there is something wrong with taking a knee and being an outspoken person, whether you agree with his politics or not. Uh, that has apparently become an issue for at least in some cases some owners because everything you're hearing from Baltimore is that all of the football personnel really are interested in bringing Kaepernick on board, but the owner apparently is balking at the idea, and so it's not happening. Uh, it looked like at one point that Kaepernick was very close to becoming a Seattle Seahawk this offseason, and something fell through there. So maybe there's also a personality issue that just ultimately is is not vibing with some of these teams and some of these organizations, and that's what's scaring people away from him. But uh, regardless, as I sit here as a Miami Dolphin fan, if I'm looking at a situation where uh, Ryan Tannehill is going to miss significant time this season, uh, and I mean like half the season or more, and I'm looking at Matt Moore as my option or picking up a Colin Kaepernick or a Jay Cutler. I'm, I'm absolutely looking at Colin Kaepernick and saying, bring that man in and let him play football. And I know that there's in South Florida, there's the issue with the fact that he wore a Fidel Castro T-shirt. And, you know, people in South Florida aren't going to like that. And it's like, let me and there are people that are talking about trading in their season tickets. And I'm not going to be a, a Dolphin fan anymore if you guys sign Colin Kaepernick. Fine. Bye. Don't cheer for the team then. If they're going to bring in a football player who is a quality player who can help my team win, that's what I care about. That's that's what I want. I want a guy on this team who can help us win and help us win now because this is a team that has some that has a good core of of players on it right now. And I think that I don't know that this is a team that I would be talking about winning the Super Bowl this season necessarily, but it's certainly a team that that can win a playoff game. You know, I, I mean, any conversation about the Miami Dolphins in the postseason has to be taken. You have to look at the New England Patriots and look at the fact that that team won the Super Bowl last year and was already a great team last year and has gotten significantly better in the offseason. So odds are not good that the Dolphins are going to dethrone the Patriots and win the AFC East. I mean, you're looking at a very realistic situation, which is the Dolphins could go 11-5 and and be the five seed in the AFC playoffs. Because they've got they're in that same division as the New England Patriots. So if we're talking about this is the difference between the Dolphins missing the playoffs and the Dolphins maybe making the playoffs and, and winning a couple of games, put 
Colin Kaepernick on this team and and let's 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 win some football games because at the end of the day as a Miami Dolphin fan that's what I care about that's what I want to see I want to see this football team win games brain we're running out of time here should we move on to this week in Dolphins history we can do that Cortland Finnegan that that wasn't where I, oh that that was the player who was who we signed Cortland Finnegan. That's oh. that's who I was comparing Alteron Werner to. Just one of the great Miami Dolphins of all time, Cortland Finnegan. Absolutely. I mean, right up there with James Don't Do It Pruitt. One of one of my favorite uh, wide receivers of the Dan Marino era. But anyway, this week in Dolphins history, this is going to be a segment that we do every week on the show where we we take a look back at the storied history of the Miami Dolphins and look at an event or a signing, or a happening, or a particular game. Um, We're going to look back on it and reflect as it happened uh, this week in Miami Dolphins history. And for the the inaugural segment, Brain, I'm going to take us all the way back to 1966, the inaugural season of the Miami Dolphins, because it was this week in Miami Dolphins history that the Miami Dolphins played their first ever preseason football game. Brain, do you know who the Miami Dolphins played in their first ever preseason football game? I have no idea. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs. That was actually the second team they played in the preseason. Their first ever preseason game was played on August 6, 1966 against the San Diego Chargers in San Diego. And your Miami Dolphins, in their first ever preseason game, lost 38-10 to to the San Diego Chargers. Behind head coach George Wilson, the Miami Dolphins fell short. They would go on to continue falling short in every single preseason game. Uh, that was the... First, that was the inaugural preseason for your Miami football Dolphins, and that is this week in Dolphins history. Exciting stuff. Uh, I would say let's hope for uh, a more encouraging preseason this current year, but I'm not one that that puts a lot of stock into preseason records. So uh, that doesn't really matter. Usually what I say about the preseason and about training camp in general, is let's get out of preseason and training camp without any significant injuries. And unfortunately, that doesn't seem to be the case this year. Amazingly, in all of this talk about uh, Ryan Tannehill, we haven't even mentioned the fact that we had another fairly significant injury uh, crop up earlier in camp, just a few days earlier. With with Jay Ajayi, yeah, so you already with, have you already have kind of the two big staples of your offense already going down with injury. Jay Ajayi suffered what appeared to be a concussion, um, but you know it, it doesn't seem like it's going to uh, cost him any significant time. So they seem to have dodged a bullet there, and hopefully we'll dodge another bullet. With, with Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, let's let's keep our fingers crossed for that. Uh, there was already talk of, do the Dolphins need to sign a veteran running back to help uh, fill in the running back depth? We knew that they had, they had Jay Ajayi, and then they have Kenyon Drake, 
and uh, Damian Williams and Storm Johnson back there. Uh, but, you know, there was talk, well, if Ajayi's going to have injury problems, but concussion is a, is a tricky issue. You know, that can be a real problem. If that's going to be a thing, maybe we could go out there and get a D'Angelo Williams or something like that. But hopefully everything is going to be smooth sailing. We're not going to have to worry too much about it. That is going to be a wrap for the very first episode of the same old Dolphin show, Brain. We did it. We made it. Woohoo! This is the first of many. Um, throughout the preseason, we'll probably be coming to you on a weekly basis. Once the season kicks in, once the regular season starts, we'll be doing bi-weekly shows. We'll be doing uh, your, your game review early in the week, and then later on in the week, we'll be uh, giving you a preview of the week to come. So we'll be a bi-weekly show. This episode has probably run a little bit longer than we're going to typically aim for. We're typically aiming for about a 30-minute show, but this is the first episode, so it ran a little bit long. That's okay. Uh, Brain, tell the people where they can find you. Excuse me. can find me on Twitter at Aaron the Brain. Our theme song was provided by our friends in the band Bad Bruno. We invite you to follow them on Facebook at uh, Bad Bruno LA, and they are on Twitter and Instagram at Bad Bruno Punk. Thanks, Bad Bruno, for supplying that amazing new version of the Miami Dolphins fight song. And you can follow me on Twitter at Amplified to Rock. And we hope that you will follow the show at Same Old Dolphins on Twitter. You can uh, subscribe to the show on iTunes. We hope that you will leave us uh, a review. Let us know what you thought of the show. Tweet at us. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Give us your thoughts. If you've got questions for us, you can email us at uh, Same Old Dolphins at gmail.com. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you and hearing all of your thoughts as we head into the 2017 Miami Dolphins season. We will see you next week, everybody. So take care of yourselves. Keep your heads up. Keep your fingers crossed. And hopefully this time next week, we're talking about how funny it was when we were all freaking out about Ryan Tannehill, who is actually the man of steel. Knock on wood. Have a good week, everybody. We'll see you next time. Miami's got the Dolphins. The greatest of all teams, we take the ball from the